This is OPI Talk, the voice of the business products industry. Hello and welcome to this episode of OPI Talk. Now this is normally when I say I'm your host, Andy Braithwaite, but today I'm playing very much an introductory role. That's because, as many of you will know, the very first Industry Week powered by ISG took place last week in Orlando, Florida. And during the event, OPI CEO Steve Hilliard conducted a number of interviews with well-known figures in the business products industry. And this is the first in a series of three episodes of OPI Talk featuring those interviews. Over the next 25 minutes or so, you will hear from ECI's Brian Bauerfeind, Clem Ristaino from Zebra Pen, Rosemary Chopek from California dealer Gorilla Stationers, industry veteran Paul Ventimiglia, and last but by no means least, the City of Hope's Matt Dodd. Steve asked them for their takeaways from Industry Week and then discussed a number of key topics such as e-commerce, sustainability, attracting young talent to the industry and the city of hope. So here we are in the trade show floor of the first ever Industry Week, um, powered by ISG, and I'm with uh, Brian Baufind of uh, ECI. Brian? Good afternoon. A pleasure to see you. It's been a while. seen you in a 12 by 12 screen, so good to see you in person again. Glad you were able to get into the country at the last minute. Uh, well, first minute actually. We were on the first flight out of uh, all that. Yeah, first flight to Orlando. I think in 602 days since uh, since America was was blocked off. So uh, yeah, it's been tremendous for me to be back here and you know seeing so many uh, so, so many faces. So this is the first industry week. Um, what, what are your sort of reflections on the uh, on the event so far? Yeah. It's, uh, well, first and for- foremost, it's t- we're thrilled to see you know all of our customers. Uh, all of our partners, again, it's, uh, I think it's long overdue. We, we've had a couple of smaller meetings in the past three to four months, but to get everyone at least the size of a crowd has been fantastic. And for an initial event, I think they did a great job pulling it off. A uh, couple of bumps in the road here and there, but, but nothing that uh, was material in nature. So all in all, I'd give it a, a pretty solid A. Excellent. Good news. So obviously we're coming um, slowly out of a you know, rather tricky period. What's uh, what's been the effects of the pandemic on on your business, and how have you adapted, and how are, uh, how do you think the dealers need to adapt as we uh, uh, progress further away from COVID? Sure. Yeah. Appreciate the question. Um, you know, I've been joking all week saying we're, we're one of the vendors here that, that does not or has not had any supply chain issues being a technology company. And so uh, it's been nice to, to open some of the conversations with that. But but in all seriousness, uh, it, it's been a good year for us. Technology, as you can imagine, is, is one of those things that you can really utilize more uh, in a down economy. We've had many dealers that have uh, taken a smaller fr- footprint, uh, let's say, in their dealer um, from a people headcount perspective, downsized a little bit uh, during the pandemic. And so uh, we were able to help them out with technology in uh, making them more efficient. We've focused on a few big areas. One common theme I think you've heard throughout the past three and a half days is e-commerce. You know, we're putting a tremendous amount of capital into e-commerce, working with uh, manufacturers, working with wholesalers, uh, working with whoever we can work with to ensure the user experience uh, meets the need in today's environment. And uh, so that's that's been pretty exciting for us. 
One um, you know area that many people talk about is the uh, sort of changing role of the sales function. Um, you know, whether, whether it's uh, you know less face-to-face -face interaction now because we've all got used to being you know uh, remote. Uh, the tools that people use. You know, what's your sort of view on how sales in the, in our industry will evolve and, and what role your company and, and technology will play in the, in that area going forward? Yeah. So e-commerce again, I, I think is a is a bigger tool in a salesperson's toolkit now, as, as you've heard in a few of the sessions today, the, the older model of sending a physical sales force out into the businesses that they serve is not coming back. Uh, I would agree with that. There will be some form and flavor of that, but the ability to distribute products in a much more efficient way through an e-commerce channel, one, saves costs, and I think two is the way a, a consumer wants to buy today. Uh, and, and wrapped around that is is content, and so where we're really focused with suppliers and manufacturers is on is on content itself and making thing you know making sure that we can compete with big box and the Amazons of the world, and uh, and that takes investment. So that's where we've been focused. Interesting, you mentioned content. You know, one uh, one criticism I hear frequently, and I have heard it many times this week, is that. Um, the wholesalers are a bit of a blockage uh, when it comes to um, content and our, um, our independent dealer community's ability to provide that end sale experience. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think there's two sides to that, and I see I straddle that fence. So if you take a look at the pandemic, uh, the IDC was going as horizontal as they could. It started with with uh, PPE, uh, and it and expanded even further than that. Uh, at sometimes it's harder to get some of that fresh new content into the, the, the wholesaler's database, and so there could be some rub there. But on the other side, I've seen um, vastly different, you know, both wholesalers, I've seen what used to take weeks and months now literally takes a few days. Uh, so it's all about communication. W what do the dealers need to see in that channel? And, uh, and I think the wholesalers have done a pretty good job of stepping up. I don't think you'll ever satisfy all the requirements that the IDC has because we, it's an entrepreneurial environment. And so what they sell today could be very different from where they believe they could sell something and make some dollars tomorrow. And, um, and at times the, the wholesalers you know, need, need to play uh, a little catch up there. But, but all in all, I think if you look at it together, uh, we're trying to reduce cost, uh, costs in the, in the ability to get that content uploaded and give as much flexibility as we can. I think we'll call that a wrap. So now I'm with Clem Rustano, president of uh, Zebra Pen Corporation. Uh, you've been president like forever, haven't you? <laughs> 25 years. Yeah, I've been with the company for 37. Wow, it's incredible. Yeah, I think my, my industry tenure is um, 35 years or something like that. So yeah, we've, uh, we've, we've done our time. We started with you guys in the beginning when you guys first started out. Uh, yeah, you were actually, I think you were advertising number 10, from my memory yeah. serves me correct. So, uh, yeah, th 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 thank you. Excellent, excellent. So, Clem, you know, we're at the um, first trade show, first ever industry week. Uh, I guess putting you know, these uh, various events together took a long time, but, uh, you know, are you broadly supportive of what they're trying to do? 100%. It's what we need. We, we, we absolutely can't have us going everywhere throughout the country. It it's, makes most sense for everybody. Absolutely, 100%. Well, how do you define your investment, you know, um, and, and um, the capital you put into this show? You know, what, what sort of return do you expect? Is it, is it easy to quantify? No, it's absolutely not easy to quantify. The advantage we have is we're limited staff, so it's able, we're able to see more people in, uh, in a setting like this. But dollar-wise, 
no, it's we're still spending the same amount of money, pretty much. Maybe the air travels what it reduces in the hotels, but other than that, we're spending the money in the programs. So, what are your sort of takeaways uh, so, so far from you know what, what you've seen and what you've heard? No takeaways so far I've seen is everybody's still eager to grow this business. We're looking at different ways to grow within the market. They're seeing e-commerce is more important, and people are going to start embracing it more, which they need to. How has the uh, riding instrument category fared over the last uh, 20 months or so? A knock on wood, for Zebra, I'm speaking, we, ha- we had our best year ever. And that's because we have looked at our environment and we've changed some things. We're, we're doing a little more craft, a little more on the craft side, the art market. We're expanding our horizons because we can't just sit and, and wait for the business to get, come back. We've got to find ways to grow the business. So what was the, what's the secret sauce then? Um, just, just expansion into new channels? or New channels and creative items that go into those channels. Uh, we introduced this, what they call Myaligner. It turned into an item that in a million years I look at as a highlighter. People look at it as a journaling pen. And I don't know, I didn't know enough about journaling. Now I'm learning that's our number one item right now. I never thought that would have happened. Um, I spent uh, an hour or two this morning uh, reviewing some uh, pages of the next issue of OPI that's coming out, and that's um, a focus, our annual focus on the environment and sustainability. And of course, we've had the COP26 summit taking place in our country um, this, this past week or two. What's um, yeah, how big is the issue of the environment and sustainability um, in, in your mind? We're taking it very serious. We're we're following the, the protocols. We're working with our uh, uh, people to figure out what are the right materials. We're looking at it more from the, the uh, raw materials that go into the packaging uh, as a starting point. But we're also looking at in the pens and, and things like that. We're also looking at antimicrobial type uh, uh, materials to go on the pens so that we could work from another uh, another way other than just uh, the outside packaging. We're also looking for areas within the product as well. Perfect. Thank you. I'll do. So now I'm with Rosemeet Sopek from Gorilla Stationers, uh, Long Beach, California. Uh, Rosemeet. Great to see you. Thanks for spending some time with me today. So we're in the uh, trade show floor, first ever industry week. Um, what are your thoughts on you know, what you've seen and what you've heard so far? So it's certainly great to be back with everyone after two years and great to be able to connect with the manufacturers again and our distributors and kind of get reacquainted because there's so many things going on with inflation and supply chain issues. There's so much to talk about with everyone just to try to sort through what's been happening this past six months to a year. I'm glad I ran into you because yesterday you participated in one of the uh, very informative panel sessions, uh, not mine, but another one, and you made a comment which you know, raised a few eyebrows about, or someone raised a comment about your, your growth, four or 500% growth last year. I mean, that's phenomenal by any standards. You know, can, can you share some of that secret sauce and, and explain exactly how that was possible? Yes. Absolutely, for sure. So last year we did five times revenues and our profit was exponential above that compared to previous years. And it's really because we've done a good job of cutting our overhead. So when the pandemic started, you know, we tried to figure out which expenses we needed, which expenses we didn't need. And we got our operating costs below 2%, two and a half percent in that range, um, which helped us a lot to be profitable and really scale. So as we needed specific 
um, trades and things like that, we were able to hire for them. Um, during the pandemic, we were able to get product for people that other people didn't get just because we were trying to think outside the box. So we went to even ISG suppliers, other suppliers to try to get what the customers needed, realizing that it wasn't necessarily the cost, it was getting it there on time. And that's where we really stood out to our customers. And our growth this year is very similar to that of last year. So we're having an awesome 2021. How do you think your future will pan out? I mean, once we start to get back to some sort of normal or new normal, whatever we call it, um, surely that, that growth rate has to slow down or even, you know, go negative. So what we're seeing is that the, the PPE is here to stay. It's something that these offices are needing no matter what, specifically in things like gloves and consumables where, you know, maybe a restaurant didn't use gloves before or a commissary on a Navy base didn't use it before. You know, they're much more mindful of hygiene, sanitation. And so we're continuing to see growth in those areas just because, you know, these co these companies and agencies still need product no matter what. So I think PPE is here to stay as a big category um, and into 2022 as well. Well, we've heard from a, you know, a number of people. Uh, Fellows is a good example about some product categories they have. Um, you know, air purification being the sort of high-profile one. Um, you know, what do you, as you look forward you know, beyond PPE, what are the categories and uh, opportunities that excite you? So aside from PPE, move forward, you know, we're really excited about the janitorial space just because, you know, cleaning is top of mind right now. So we're selling a lot of things in that category and also in technology. You know, we're finding that instead of selling file folders where people would buy cases and tabs and these types of things, we're able to sell technology products that are suiting them. While they're not as consumable as folders, you know, they're they're high dollars and you know we're able to get what the customers need and we really see ourselves as a solutions provider and so that's a really good fit for us to make sure that we're getting what the customer needs excellent so uh, your final thoughts on this industry week concept you know it's um, it's taken a few years for um, the industry to finally you know come together and um, create uh, some form of combined event does it get your vote I think it's a great idea, great concept. Um, it's been a good use of time, very busy throughout the week as I've been here. And, you know, I really enjoyed being able to be able to attend both wholesalers, um, general sessions in one week. That's pretty outstanding. And be able to meet with suppliers and our buying group. So it's been a good use of time. You know, obviously, um, you know, it's so hard to jam pack all, all the meetings that needed to be done this week in such a short time. Absolutely, but I guess a lot easier than jumping on a plane and flying halfway across the country, or in your case, usually full way across the country, um, multiple times a year just to do all these events. So, well, I appreciate you talking to me today, and uh, yeah, hopefully I'll uh, see you in your part of the world sometime soon. Yes, thanks for taking some time, and uh, yeah, look forward to seeing you soon. So, um, lurking in the uh, corner of the trade show floor is uh, industry veteran, Paul Ventimiglia, the director of North American sales for uh, the Portuguese uh, vendor by Silk Master Vision. Paul, fantastic to see you and um, fantastic to be actually be in your company physically. Uh, it's been too long. Great to see you. It's, it's, uh, Steve, it's great to see people 
talk to people, shake hands, and uh, converse and uh, break bread together. So, yeah, great to see you. So as a vendor, you've got a kind of vested interest, I guess, in terms of these events uh, coming together to form Industry Week. What are your reflections on what you've seen so far and uh, you know, what improvements do you think they might make for the next event, which will take place in Las Vegas next November? Uh, great question. I, I believe that the uh, event for being the first year of an industry event, so to speak, uh, was, had great attendance. Uh, it was the people that I had to see since I've been here since Sunday. Obviously, I had the pinnacle meetings in the front end, which was very invaluable. And I take a lot away just from those meetings that I had because there were some very good ones. So from that standpoint, it was great for the walk in the show today. Still a lot of attendance here. I, I think that next year to, to improve it and bring it to another level, maybe you need to bring in other all the rest of the buying groups two other buying groups, um, AOPD, uh, they, could, they can improve it and make it a one long week for everybody. Sure. Yeah, certainly. I look around. I mean, we are almost at the end of the show and there's still a ton of people walking around. Uh, and, and it's not just manufacturers talking to manufacturers, which is often the case. So that, that's great. Um, yeah, one of my takeaways from the event has been um, I've not heard much of a conversation about the subject of the environment and sustainability. And that's kind of odd given that there's a massive global summit has been taking place back in my country over the course of the last week or two. Um, yeah, what are your views on that whole subject as it pertains to our industry in North America? Well, in, in the United States, uh, people don't really speak about it too much, but I do notice, and I can tell you that was it was a topic of conversation in my one-on-one -on -one meetings with Pinnacle dealers. I explained to them the uh, sustainability that we have as a company and our commitment to sustainability and environment over in Portugal. Uh, I showed them the building and showed them our flat panels that that actually the solar panels at top that actually provide electricity for us and all of our waste material after we go through the manufacturing process we don't waste anything that turns into heat for our for our uh, facility and um, so I think in Europe it's a lot more thought of and uh, reflected upon in the United States it's a lot of talk and nobody acts upon it I will tell you though that the not only do we have sustainability in our building, but we actually manufacture a lot of our boards are cradle to cradle. So from waste material to recycled product, and after it's done, it can go back into the recycle process, which is very key for, as you know, for sustainability. Yeah, I've just been reviewing the next issue of OPI that's not even on press yet, and uh, it's, it's our green thinking special issue, and there's a lot of talk in there about the circular economy. So I think that's something we're going to be hearing a lot about going forward. Um, yeah, so moving forward, uh, yeah, one of my takeaways from, from this event has been you know, the number of times I've heard people talking about the younger executives that are uh, emerging and coming through the ranks in our industry. Um, is our industry in, in good hands looking forward, do you think? Uh, I, I think as a, uh, from a sta my standpoint, after being in the industry over 40 years, uh, it's good to see young people. We've just hired a younger person. Uh, as an administrator in our, in our facility uh, in the United States. We're actually, I'm seeing all these younger people at facilities and dealerships like Suburban and, and uh, Supply Room and Thomas Jordan's uh, 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 sons. And he's got young people he brought into my suite 
for the Pinnacle meetings, and I was impressed because they bring a certain new uh, energetic uh, uh, feeling. Plus, they have new ideas. They love to collaborate. Um, they love to talk out loud about things that can happen and things that they can do. And most definitely, most of them never say no to anything. They want to listen. They want to. They want to talk to the older people that have been in the industry, the veterans, if you will, for a long time. And I got to tell you, uh, one of my largest takeaways was I've already been contacted via LinkedIn by some of the young executives here. And one actually, and I won't mention his name, so I don't want to embarrass him, but he wanted to know would I be willing to give him 15 hours of mentorship to him and his company. So I, 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 I was very proud of that fact that he had asked me and he thought that much of me. So I think they're going to bring, it's going to be key to bring more younger people into the, uh, into the sector. Fantastic. Well, I'm sure when you're mentoring him, you'll um, you'll be banging the City of Hope drum. I know you've been a big supporter of, of City of Hope, and obviously our industry has done a tremendous job over the last 40 years or so of raising, as we heard this morning, nearly a quarter of a billion dollars um, to fund fights against you know cancer and diabetes worldwide, not just here in North America. So, um, yeah, how excited are you about you know the, the continuation of this great relationship we have with the City of Hope? Uh, I'll tell you, Steve, and I know that you do your, your run and your walk for, for cancer over in England, but I will tell you that in the United States, that quarter of a billion dollars that they've raised, I think younger people are going to embrace that even more so than, than the previous dealers that were here. Uh, I think they, they, they understand the concept. Uh, it's got to continue on because it's such a great cause. Um, you get one person that, that beats cancer, um, and it makes you feel good because you know your industry really supports that. And I think we've done a lot for City Hope with the office products industry to have other industries look at us and take it upon themselves almost as a challenge because now they're saying, hey, the hardware industry, for, for, as a matter of fact, is now being challenged to beat our record and the amount of money that we've raised. Uh, Mad Dot, as you heard today, said over $26 million has been raised so far, uh, which is phenomenal. Uh, I'll continue the talk. I'll still talk to dealers and, and um, whoever they are. I talk about City of Hope all the time. It's kind of a continuous thing. So hopefully it continues. Great. Well, I will see you hopefully on the uh, City of Hope tour in February in California. Uh, until then, wish you, uh, wish you health and wealth and um, stay out of trouble. Health and wealth to you also, Steve, and your family. Wishing you great holidays. So next up is Matt Dodd, Senior Director of Corporate Philanthropy at City of Hope, um, which has had, of course, a, a tremendously long and uh, fruitful relationship with our industry going back uh, many, many years. So, Matt, it's quite great to see you in person. Yeah, Steve, it's great to see you, too, and, and so many others here at the ISG Show. Uh, you know, a lot of longtime supporters and, uh, you know, 40 years, uh, this group has really supported and been a great partner of ours in, the, in furthering our research to the benefit of patients. Uh, not only here in the United States, but all over the world. It must have been a very difficult time, um, A, you know, uh, doing the research and, and treating patients during this sort of COVID period, and, and of course also raising, raising money. I mean, how have you guys fared over the last year, year or two? 
Yeah, you're you're absolutely right, and just, and just like all of you and all of the companies and executives and uh, of our supporters, uh, having to to turn on a dime and, and deal with uh, this thing, COVID situation, and, and City of Hope was no different. Uh, if you went to City of Hope today and you looked at, uh, it's really really much different. Uh, the, what we had to do to to ensure the safety of not only our patients but our our, our caregivers and our nurses and staff and doctors. Uh, the protocols that had to be put in place uh, were really significant. And uh, we, early on, we had set up a, kind of a COVID unit of, of six rooms and, and been just very uh, happy to say that it, you know they, they were used once in a while, but never were they full and never was there a, a significant outbreak of any kind on campus. So um, kudos to the, to the team at City of Hope for, for continuing uh, what they do so well in, 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 in treating patients, which we, we treated more patients than we ever had before over this 18-month period. Uh, we conducted, I think, another 1,200 uh, collaborative studies and, uh, and clinical trials with institutions in nearly all 50 states and 20 countries. Um, our, our outpatient uh, numbers were, were larger than they ever have been in the past. And we're also going through just a, an incredible um, construction growth period uh, within the campus. Uh, you know, again, you wouldn't really recognize it, but uh, a lot of new facilities, a new uh, patient and uh, family caregiver hospital, uh, uh, not hospital, but a hotel on campus, which will help our outpatients uh, and their families uh, a great deal. Um, a lot of research buildings, there's plans for a new uh, wing in Helford Hospital. A lot of, you know, not very fun uh, uh, projects like new parking, and, and uh, which is really in a shortage uh, on campus. So a lot was actually going on. and. Uh, and uh, so again, kudos to the to the smart people at City Pope. They they got it done. Well, talking about your campus, um, you know, I've been very fortunate, as you know, to um, go on many many of the uh, the annual tours that you usually run in uh, in Q1, the sort of kickoff for the uh, for the campaign. Um, when will those sort of physical tours of the campus resume? And uh, what do you have planned for uh, for the next you know um, interaction with our industry? Yeah, that's a that's a tough one for sure. We're, we're our tours, especially in the national business products industry, we were growing pre-COVID. We were about 175 people that all got on planes and traveled out to Southern California and visited campus uh, for a day or two, and we just can't do that right now. And so I don't I don't have the crystal ball. I can say for sure we're not going to do it in 2022, uh, but we are going to try to have some sort of. Um, event, whether it's virtual or at a different location outside of the campus, where we're going to uh, try to bring uh, the, the industry together, as we always have, uh, leaders and companies uh, and our, our top annual supporters, uh, where they can hear from a handful of researchers, hand, uh, listen to uh, some leadership from, from City of Hope to provide a state of the state update, uh, a patient story or two. And, and so we're working on that now. And to be determined whether it's going to be a, a virtual event or an in-person event outside of, uh, of campus, but we'll keep, obviously we'll keep everyone posted. And we're shooting for the February-March uh, timeframe. As far as in-person uh, tours of campus, we limited now to 10 people and under uh, as a max that we can bring on campus and, and kind of walk around campus and have a tour. Um, nothing that could that could work remotely with uh, with the, the kind of crowds that we get at, for the business products tour. 
Okay, Matt, well, uh, wish you luck putting that together. Um, you know, I'll be there whether it's uh, virtual or, um, or or physical. And, um, you know, I, I know I talk on behalf of the entire industry you know, when we say what a great uh, job you, you guys do. And, uh, you know, our, our relationship is one that I'm sure will endure for, uh, for many, many years to come. Agreed. Agreed and hope so. And, and Steve, you're a big part of that and your efforts on the council and, and OPI and, and all that you do to help us communicate to the industry of all the things going on at City of Hope and our fundraising efforts. We really appreciate you and your company and thank you so much and agree. Another 40 years. Let's, let's go for it. I'm pretty sure I won't be around at the end of that, but uh, th th thank you anyway, Matt. If you have got this far, then thank you for listening to this episode of OPI Talk. Please check out our website, opi.net, for news, interviews, analysis, and much more from the business products world. We've also got a great app that you can download from the App Store or Google Play. Just search for OPI Magazine. And we hope you will join us again soon for another episode of OPI Talk.